Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. Today, let's talk about a potential merger, something that we've all been looking at in the industry. It's about the T-Mobile and Sprint merger. I'm just going to cover some of this background here, but are you curious what would happen with the merger? Are you curious what it would bring? I mean, do you want to look into the future and see what could happen? I am dying to know. I mean, it's just driving me crazy. So what I did, I did a lot of research. I put a report together and the report was way more than I could do on these blogs. So what I thought I'd do is just write you a full report. If you want to buy it, buy it. But I summarized it, at least part of it, up in this blog. And that's what I'm going to cover today. Let's think about this. Would they really strike a blow to Verizon and AT&T if they merged? I mean, it seems to me T-Mobile's already done that. And they've done a good job of it. Sprint's trying. They're doing it on price. But T-Mobile did it with price, with a lot of good marketing, with a lot of good ideas. I mean, T-Mobile's really come a long way. And my big question is, would Sprint finally sunset or set a date to sunset the CDMA system? That's my big question. If you want the full report, wadeforwireless.com, and you'll see the name of this post is what would happen if Sprint and T-Mobile merged. Now, of course, I'm talking about T-Mobile US, you know. I'm not talking about Deutsche Telekom over there. I'm talking about T-Mobile US. Let's just get right into it. As a summary, we all know that Masayoshi Son, the CEO of SoftBank, met with President-elect Donald Trump. Now, the reason this was so exciting is because, obviously, Mr. Sun sees great opportunity here in the U.S. with a businessman leading the country. Obviously, he's been frustrated with the Obama administration's ruling, and I know you you say it's the FCC, but let's face it, uh, Commissioner Wheeler has been very loyal to the Democrats in the U.S. Uh, There's a lot of articles on that, and it definitely was an Obama administration's FCC, let's say. Now, am I faulting Wheeler for that? No, I think he's done a good job. I think he has a lot of regulation, but I think there's going to be a new regime coming in. Commissioner Wheeler already agreed to step down on January 20th. That's when Trump comes in, and that's not when we'll see change. It takes time for change. I know you guys are looking for change on day one. It's probably just not going to happen. It takes time for all these changes to happen. It has to get voted on. There have to be new bills. The only thing that Trump promised us was that he would like to repeal as much of the regulation as possible. He seemed to make that very clear when he was running for president. So what I think we're going to see is a lot of change over the next year. President-elect Trump has been putting together his staff, uh, is, is basically, you know, the people that he wants to run everything, and he's been really working hard at it. I mean, we'll give the guy a lot of credit. Uh, as much as people make fun of him, the guy's pretty focused on what he has to do over the next four years, and I think he realizes that it's going to be a, a tough battle over the next four years because, let's face it, In the U.S., nobody in politics really supported Trump, and yet he got elected anyway. Regardless what you hear about Hillary Clinton or uh, Donald Trump prior to the election, regardless about what you heard in the polls or the Russians hacking or anything like that, Donald Trump won. Okay, let's just move on. And the other thing is, he can't just let it be said, so it shall be done type of thing. He's not King Trump. He's the president. He's got to weigh things out. He's got to see what will pass the Senate. What will pass Congress, the House of Representatives, got to go through the Senate and the House. It's no easy task, even for people the same party. And the one thing you'll learn about U.S. politics is that 
Nobody really does anything for free. They're always looking for favors. That's how things are done. A lot of these politicians, just being honest here, as much as they'll deny it, they get in and they, they seem to have a job there for as long as they get elected, meaning some people are in there for 40, 50, 60 years. It, it's, a, an, it's an extremely long time. Crazy. And the thing about us voters is we like to see our guy in there a long time. He had seniority and all that. And one of the things that Trump did want to do was put term limits on. I really don't see that as a battle he can fight in the first one. But anyways, I'm getting way off track and I apologize. Let's get back to what would happen if Sprint and T-Mobile would merge, okay? It's just that politics does play a part in it because I think that's why, so I think, I'm pretty sure. I mean, everyone watching it was pretty sure that's why the CEO of SoftBank met with the new president-elect because he, he sees opportunity there. Guy's not an idiot. He's brilliant, obviously. Even though we don't agree with what he does, He's making a lot more money than me. <laughs> he must know something, right? <laughs> Not that I'm a genius, but I'm just saying. All right, let's move on. Did they try to merge before? Yeah, actually, back in 2011, Sprint had planned to merge with T-Mobile. They were in the talks. Everything looked good. It was moving ahead. And it was more than just a rumor. They were actually in talks. The background on that is that actually uh, someone from T-Mobile said it would be a good idea. I think it was their CFO, and this is T-Mobile US I'm talking about. I think it was their CFO at the time that thought it would be a good idea. And boy, did that make everyone go crazy. They were in the talks and guess what? AT&T stepped in and tried to take over T-Mobile. <laughs> I mean, it was really something. I mean, what a way to screw Sprint, right? <laughs> so Sprint did everything they could to block it. Obviously, they tried to merge again in 2014, I believe it was. T-Mobile and Sprint tried again. That's when SoftBank took them over. And part of SoftBank's plan was to have T-Mobile there as well. And it makes a lot of sense. The two smaller carriers coming together as one to compete with the two big boys. And like I said before, the FCC, which was President Obama's administration, blocked it. The AT&T merger was blocked way back in 2011. And even back then, it was due to the way things, the administration, okay? I'm trying to think. Yeah, that was Obama as well, I believe. I could be wrong. Obama, 16, eight years ago. Eight. Yeah, that would have been Obama too. I actually have it written up in there. Feel free to read it. But let's ask the big questions. Whether it happens or doesn't happen, let's, let's just assume it could happen. Will the merger create jobs inside the new company? We've seen history, right? Honestly, I doubt it. I don't know how they're going to create new jobs. In fact, they're going to lay a lot of people off because of duplication. And the people that will get hit first, unfortunately, customer service and sales. You're going to have duplication of people in those two um, areas first. And the reason I say it would hit them first, you know, I don't know what management's really going to do. I'm sure they have a plan. But the reason it would hit this particular situation, the reason it would hit there first, because they would try to consolidate the stores to save money. They would try to consolidate the people there to save money. It's the easiest thing to hit. They wouldn't hit the engineering and the technical first, and I'll tell you why. But first, let's go over about the reduction. That would be a reduction in jobs. Before I go any farther, I want you guys to know I know some T-Mobile people that work for T-Mobile Direct. I know a lot of Sprint people that work for Sprint Direct. They work very hard. They work very long hours. They are very dedicated to these companies who will probably lay them off just to save money. And I'm not trying to be a jerk there. I'm just calling it like it is. I've seen it with a lot of companies. It's not like these two companies are out to get the employee. One thing I will give these two companies, these employees give a lot to their companies. They're very dedicated. And I hate to see anyone lose a job that they love. I really do. 
And these people work extremely hard. They go above and beyond. And quite frankly, sometimes I wonder why they stay. Of course, we all wonder that when we, you know, when you're working weekends and holidays, you're wondering why you're doing it. And Sprint with that NGN rollout, everyone worked holidays, all the OEMs and and, and you had Sprint working holidays. Their people work really, really hard. So I don't want to take anything away from those people. Trust me, they don't always like the policies or even what they have to do, but they do it because they want to see success. They want to see success for their company. The first year would go by, you know how the first year goes, they would probably lay off in the obvious areas, like I said, customer service sales, store consolidation, those are obvious, they're easy to point out, very quick to merge, very quick. The due diligence on the financial side would, would make this happen. They would probably bring in some independent firms because you're gonna have a lot of competition, especially if SoftBank runs a deal because they have to look at both companies independently. They have to pick the management team, which I didn't really get into. And the only reason is I have two thoughts here, but let me just get into what they're going to look at. They're going to look at how each company is run and which one's more efficient and which one's making money. And from the outside in, obviously, it looks like T-Mobile US. Why do I say that? Because Sprint owes a lot of money. They're heavily debt-ridden. They made a lot of horrible mistakes over the past 15 years. Horrible. I, I get into that in detail too, but let's just face it. T-Mobile, on the other hand, they seem very organized. Personally, I think Laguerre, John Laguerre of T-Mobile has done a great job. Now, with that said, I got to give Marcelo Claré a lot of credit too. I didn't understand a lot of what he's done, but he seemed to do a really good job with Sprint. Whether you want to give him credit or Masayoshi's son credit, they really seem to be turning Sprint around financially. However, when I look at Sprint, I see a lot of creative financing. I don't understand how they lease back the devices I don't understand how they can lease back the spectrum. It was a quick influx of cash, and I, I got to admit, it looks good on paper. And Wells Fargo certainly seems to think it's good. They praise Sprint. They think Sprint's doing great. I don't understand how you can leverage a company more, and it looks better. Now, with that, I, I'm not a Wall Street guy. Maybe all you Wall Street guys get it. Maybe all you accountants get it. I'm an engineer. All I know is that, you know, we want to spend as little as possible and get as much as we can for our money. <laughs> that's what I know. So I can only tell you what I see. So that's what I see up front. But anyways, when the merger takes place, it's going to be harder to combine the engineering systems. And I'll tell you why. You have, for the 3G, just bear with me. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, LTE, it's all the same. Just, just bear with me. They have two different 3G systems. And this is a mistake that Sprint made when it took over Nextel. To me, that was just a, a colossal F up. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to be honest with you. It was a horrible, horrible thing that Sprint did. Somebody, when they looked at Nextel, must have seen the ARPU. ARPU, R-P-U, revenue per unit. And they must have looked at the ARPU and thought, boy, they make a lot of money per device. And Nextel did. But Nextel had a lot of features. They had to push to talk. You could use it as a phone. They had these rugged devices. It was built for, you know, guys like us that go out and do field work. But people loved it. People loved that push to talk. It was a big deal. They liked it better than the phone service. They liked the fact that the minutes weren't really, well, I'm trying to remember. I guess the minutes were tracked somehow, but you got a hell of a package. And you could make phone calls on it. So it was really an amazing device. I mean, it's really an outstanding public safety device. I can't believe Motorola let that one flip by. But I then was what the foundation of the Nextel system was. Whereas Sprint at that time had a CDMA system. There were no similarities technically. <laughs> it just made no sense. You couldn't merge them. 
Now, I think maybe what Sprint thought is they could do push to talk over CDMA, which has never been, in my opinion, it's not been successful. It can be done, but it hasn't been successful in marketing or selling because it's slow, it's hard to do, it's, it's very frustrating for the system. In fact, Verizon tried it, AT&T tried it, just a colossal screw up. And now, where's Nextel now? Where's the IDEN system now? Anybody working on IDEN? If you are, it's for public safety or trunking or something like that. It's not for a carrier. If it is for a carrier, let me know. Wade for wireless at gmail.com or wade at techfecta.com. There's a couple things that you should know is that the 3G systems aren't going to be combined very easily. Yeah. Oh, I should have explained. T-Mobile has a GSM system. I, just, I think T-Mobile US has a GSM system. I'm pretty sure I researched it. And I don't know how that's going to go over. I mean, it's just not going to be something that you can merge those systems. The good news is... T-Mobile's done a lot of work to sunset that 3G system. A lot of work. I would say by 2020, they'll have it sunset. Well, I would say by 2020, they start sunsetting it. I think they're moving everyone to LTE as fast as possible. They seem to have Volte working. They seem to be moving everyone over to Volte. They have voice over Wi-Fi working. T-Mobile's done a lot to move ahead. Sprint, on the other hand, still relies on CDMA for voice, as far as I know anyway. They have not gotten Volte uh, deployed on a mass scale. So I would say they'd be lucky if they could start sunsetting by 2022. I know you guys look at those dates and say it's a long time, but you got to think about how many customers they have that have 3G systems. And you got to think about with Sprint, they rely on voice for CDMA. They have to have voice everywhere, or I'm sorry, they have to have CDMA everywhere for voice to work. It's just the way it is. Everyone wants voice. Maybe they can roll over that to Volte, LTE in the future and do it quickly. I, I don't know. I don't know what their devices are going to have. I would be surprised. So I think as far as the legacy systems, it's going to take a long time to downsize them, to merge them. Better for T-Mobile than Sprint. That's what I say. Look at both systems. Look at how they're going to go. Engineering-wise, I'd say you have a good two to three years. The other thing I cover in the full report is consolidation. They are going to consolidate the core, and with LTE, they can move ahead quickly and efficiently together. It's really a sweet thing. They're going to be able to move that ahead in a way that it's going to be good for them because it's going to save a lot of money. I'm trying to think how to explain it. I would imagine what they're going to do as far as towers, too, is consolidate as many towers as they can, but they're stuck on those 3G systems for a long time. So wherever they have 3G on a tower, they'll probably just leave it. The other thing is with American Tower, Crown Castle, SBA, it's very hard to get out of those leases. They're just not going to get out of those leases quickly or easily. They're going to have to let them expire. The good news is they're probably five to 10 year leases. I would imagine if they merge, let's say they start to merger in 2017, they'll finish it in 2018 because you know the government's going to put them through all kinds of crap. So I would imagine the first year they'll just work on what they're going to downsize, cut the quick efficiencies, and then they'll start to merge everything. I'd say a lot of those leases would start coming up. What they have to do before they consolidate is go out and prep the towers for all the bands so every device works. That means T-Mobile would have to deploy 2,500 at its sites, assuming they keep its sites, or that, well, 2,500, I say that for LTE, or Sprint would have to deploy T-Mobile's LTE bands on their sites. It's something they'd have to do. You'd have to move from one to the other, okay? It's a consolidation. The cores, the LTE cores could consolidate. I'd say the OEMs, which I do cover in a report, the OEMs are going to probably have a lot of work and, you know, a lot of run up front, especially for the consolidation. But after the 
deconstruction takes place after they start removing everything, I'd say the OEMs are going to suffer. And I, I don't think they're going to use the OEMs as much for service. The other thing, you're going to have consolidation of the RAN, consolidation of the core. And you also have to think, are they really going to be able to compete with AT&T and Verizon? When they merge, can they continue to have low prices like they have now? I would think so. They're both doing it. I'm sure they have some business plan. I'm sure if they can save money on the system, that would really be an asset for them. I look at that as well. I look at how the OEMs are going to do. I look at how the contractors are going to do doing work for them. I cover a bunch of different things. You know, I mean, it's up to you guys as to whether you want to read the whole thing or not. But anyway, I appreciate your support. I thank you. Be smart, be safe, and pay attention. And if this merger does happen next year, take a look back. Let's see how much I get right and I get wrong. Take, if you get a chance, get the full report. Again, wadeforwireless.com. And the name of the blog post is, What Would Happen If Sprint and T-Mobile Merge? Hey, if you guys want me, I'm on Twitter, at Wade for Wireless. I'm on Facebook, at Wade for Wireless. And I'm on LinkedIn, Wade Sarver. Reach out, say hi. All right, guys. Be smart, be safe. Take care of yourselves. See ya. Mm -hmm.